Your body is unique. So why would you settle for a weight loss plan that's one size fits all? Noom is the weight management program that takes into account your biology to build a custom plan just for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. iPhone 15 Pro also has the new USB-C connector. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the Vergecast Holiday Spectacular, the flagship podcast of symmetrical serial bus connectors and holiday spirit. I love it. The two most important things in life. Easily the two most important. (laughs) And putting booze in the drinks. A critical part of the holiday experience that is under-remarked upon. I mean, that's my favorite specs. Yeah, everyone's like, you're going to drink a thing called eggnog, and you're like, Put some brandy in it and we'll talk. Here's a hot cocoa, a little whiskey. Yeah. Holiday party is getting lit at the USB-CIF. Anyway, this is a holiday spectacular, our, our now yearly tradition, where we dive deep on one specification that makes the entire tech industry go. I'm your friend, Neli. David Pierce is here. Hello. Are we all eggnog people? We should talk about this. We can intro everybody, but I do want to talk about it for eggnog people. I think I've had eggnog once. Oh, it's good. But like the the real stuff, the stuff that comes out of like a jug from the grocery store, I'm just not. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I don't know how good eggnog is made, but it exists. You have to like whip the eggs. I did it once and it was too rich. I was like, oh, it's like a it's like a pudding base I just drank filled with alcohol. All right. And that pudding enthusiast, that's Alex Kranz that you're hearing from right there. I'm your friend who loves pudding in all its <laughs> forms, set and unset, apparently. So this is the Holiday Spectacular, a now yearly tradition, which is one of my favorite things we do here on the Vergecast, a chance to let go of the news cycle and be gigantic nerds about one interconnect or standard that we all depend on. Two years ago, we did HDMI, which was really fun. Last year, we did Bluetooth, which is Bluetooth. (laughs) This year, by what I can only describe as popular demand, we're doing USB-C. We're going to have a little talk about the state of USB-C to open things up, set the floor. Andrew has forced us to play a game show. The USB-C price is right. We did it. I'm not going to say anything else about it. I don't want to tip your hand on who won or lost, <laughs> but we did it. And it is actually hilarious. It's really fun. And then lastly, we're going to talk to Noah Denzel, who is the co-founder and CEO of Nomad Goods, an accessory company. They make a lot of USB-C products. Yeah, Nomad makes like 
fancy accessories, I would say. And Noah was a good hang. He is kind of eyes open in ways I didn't necessarily expect about the weirdness of USB-C, but it's also like psyched about the future of gadget accessories in a way that felt very right for the holiday spectacular. Very right for the Vergecast holiday spectacular. <laughs> yeah. the, the man loves the cable. <laughs> but let me just say this to open. We're like a decade into USB-C and the only way I can really describe it is it's a mess. That's half the story, right? It's like, on the one hand, like, we got it. Like, we did it. Yeah. Somebody, you know, in in the ancient history of technology was just like, what if all of our stuff plugged into the same stuff and you only needed one cable? And it's like, we did it. It's there. I only need one cable. But we did it in the worst, <laughs> most backwards and impossibly confusing way possible. I like that you can sometimes brick a device or catch it on fire by plugging in the wrong USB <laughs> cord. That's cool. Yeah, that's what you want. You're like, this one provides the power of a car battery to my phone. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. I will say, have you guys noticed my my gadgets have been much warmer this year <laughs> as a result of this? Like, I, I genuinely believe that that's true, that like the average temperature of my phone and laptop and tablet has gone up as a result of USB-C and the gigantic mess of cables in my life. I am not cranking my radiator as high this year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe it's just a better insulated home I'm living in, but I like the theory that my gadgets are just warmer. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it's like spiritual. You're like, no matter what, I will use this amount of energy. And as the energy usage of LED lights drops for my old halogens, I'm going to pump this into my cell phone instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's very good. It's like a fix some kind of spirituality, you know? Yeah, I like this. To your point, though, David, this has been the dream, right? We're going to have one cable, one interconnect, and then the reality of the dream that we live in is that there actually isn't one cable, there isn't one interconnect, but they've just used the same plug on lots of different things to make it appear as though there is one cable. All lies. And that is, to some extent, yes, I agree with you, Alex. There's a, there's a lot of I wouldn't call it lying, but like wishful obfuscation going on with USB-C. You're like, what if you didn't think about this too hard? Like, what if this was almost what you wanted? Huh? Is that good enough? But what's happening inside of it is because very few things are, are labeled correctly. Very few devices will tell you what is going on. It feels more confusing than ever, even though in, in one important way, it's gotten much simpler. Yeah, I think that's right. It used to be back in the good old days that your stuff was either, you know, micro USB or mini USB, and you could sort of distinguish them by the way that they looked. And generally, as long as the thing fit in the thing, it was probably going to work. And it was very annoying because all the things had different things. And in order to bring five gadgets, you had to have five things. Now it does feel like slightly more of a mystery where it's like you, you can plug it in and it fits. Like, you know, that thing where you, you have a bunch of keys on a key ring and you you have the one that fits in the lock but doesn't turn. Yeah. That's yeah. very much like the USB-C experience where it's like it goes in doesn't still that's not the job <laughs> it turns out. Like fitting in the thing is not that's not the job. But okay, but here's my question. Has this reduced any amount of frustration? So one of my favorite laptops in the entire world is the PowerBook G4, the titanium PowerBook G4. Do you remember this thing? Oh yeah. This is the laptop. I never had one. I've, I've coveted it the most. 
of any any laptop ever. Like it was just a beautiful thing that I couldn't afford when I was in college. And I'm looking at a picture of its rear panel just because you were talking about different ports. And it was wildly more oh, yeah. than just micro and mini USB back then, right? It's I bring up this laptop because it was one of the thinnest laptops ever made. It was one inch thick, or as Apple said, one inch thin. It's good marketing. <laughs> but like, you know, they had done this thing where they had shrunk the computer in a radical way for its time. And you look at the back panel and you're like, the height of this computer has been determined by the Ethernet port. Yes. And so here's here's what's on the back of it. Alex, you're, I know you'll love this as, as I do. Left to right, I'm just looking at a picture. Firewire 400. Yeah. The most important port. The God port, as I call <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> the best port. Ethernet. Yeah. Two USB-As. Oh. Giant outlet for its fan. <laughs> important. <laughs> what appears to be a DVI connector. Yes. Uh, huge. Mass, like massively wide DVI connector. That's a monitor out. An S-video connector. Ooh. And then, I shit you not, an RJ11 jack for a 56K motor. Yes. <laughs> yes. They don't make them like that. This is not happening anymore. But that was the port selection on these computers. And you know, many ports have come and gone since then. But if you, if you think about this is maybe one of the most important laptops of all time. And I'm just going back to it because it's port selection seems insane now. The design of it is driven by the size of some of these ports. And very often you had the wrong cable. And having the wrong cable is a very common frustration. And it's why I'm confident that everyone listening to the show is just like me, has a drawer full of cables. Just cables. Just in case you got to plug one thing into another thing, you're never going to throw that cable away. That's how I knew I was an adult was I had like a box of cables. I was like, this is it. Like I was like 22, straight out of college. And I was like, well, I'm an adult now because I got this big box of cables, just like my parents did. (laughs) So first of all, one box of cables is not enough boxes of cables. (laughs) I was 22, I was young. (laughs) But the big change that I made recently in my life was I threw away all the cables that were very old and I didn't know what they went to. So for years, I had a whole box just of cables to mysterious things that I didn't know about. And- I kept them all for all this time because I had one really old Western digital hard drive from when I was in college that I knew at some point I was going to want again, but never actually took the time to do anything with. And I had a bin full of cables that might have been for the hard drive. And so I kept the whole bin around. And recently I took the hard drive to Best Buy because I literally couldn't get it to turn on again. They got all the stuff off of it for me. And I threw away the whole box of mysterious cables and it was it was a truly transformative day in my life. This is uh, an important thing that you're bringing up. You had a product. It may or may not have had a proprietary cable. It probably just had that weird super speed USB 3 cable. So its problem was its power cable, which was a proprietary thing. Yes. This is the main thing. Yep. Right? It had weird proprietary power cable with maybe some weird pins or a barrel connector and that power system, there's still a lot of stuff with barrel connectors, but yeah. a barrel connector with a, a adapter and you don't know how much power is coming in that adapter. And if you get rid of it, then you're screwed. You got to get one of those long plastic blister packy things yes. yeah. right, with all the different barrel connectors and you're like sliding the dips. Like that's bad. USB just eliminated that problem from like the jump. Mini and micro USB started the, the process of eliminating that problem. Micro USB got pretty far along there. And then USB-C, I think, has almost completely obviated this thing. 
like USB-C is the world's power connector, that is un- unequivocally a success. Yes, I agree with that. As like, the like make it turn on thing, USB-C is, is a huge, huge, huge win. And we're now up to 240 watt USB-C chargers. There's some really great material science that's going on underneath that. Gallium nitrate is the thing that replaces silicon in all these devices. There is just a furious effort at GAN chargers, gallium nitrate chargers, making them carry more and more power in smaller, smaller spaces with less heat. That is just awesome. Like, that's just a bunch of scientists and engineers and physicists making it happen. Is it just my impression that Anchor is way ahead on the gallium nitrate stuff? Like, is there a reason Anchor stuff seems to be so popular in that world right now? Right. Anchor is a fascinating company. It was a bunch of people who worked at Amazon. They realized this was an ecosystem they could sell into. They went off and started a company. They saw a lot of things now. The CEO of Anchor, Stephen Yang, was on Decoder in 2021. And he told me that they had partnered with a company called Power Innovations, which makes like the bleeding edge gallium nitrite. Also a very Amazon sounding brand. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's it's like too many real words. Like <laughs> now it's just like letter like letters and numbers. But basically Anchor has an exclusive on bleeding edge GAN chipsets. So they, they get them for like a year, six months to a year before everybody else. And you can see that's really cool, right? Just from like a business perspective, they identified that as a competitive advantage, went out and spent the money ahead of it. And now they have a six month exclusive in the same way that, you know, like Sony buys exclusives on PlayStation games, like anchors, like we have exclusives <laughs> on GAN chipsets for a minute. It's badass. That's obviously changing. Like there's other companies and there are other companies that are they're more aggressive. Like you go on Amazon, you're like 600 watt charger. It's the size of a quarter. And you're like, I don't. Will it catch fire? <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, just from that perspective, USB-C is a huge success because of GAN, because of this material science innovation, because these companies have identified a, a market opportunity in selling more higher powered chargers can do everything. That means you can get everything from an electric toothbrush to a laptop off the same charger with the same plug over the sometimes the same cables. The cables have to be rated. That's a just an overall like barrel connector should go away. Seems like a big victory. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think it has made the like multi-port charger thing like a true must-have accessory in yeah. life. Like the one thing you can plug into the wall that has the three USB slots on it. Anchor sells, I'm sure, infinity of them. Uh so do lots of other companies. I started to see them everywhere. Like I noticed this, I was flying last week. And it honestly seemed like one in every three people at the airport either had a battery pack or something you could plug into the wall and get multiple USB ports out of. And that is just now like how everybody charges everything. Yeah. And, and this created the market for battery packs, right? You, you just see, OK, the market sort of got created here in, in a big way. I just call them the flail. The flail. Because <laughs> like you plug enough cords and it just looks like a little flail. You just swing it around. Yeah. I like that. Ugh. So that's a good thing. Inside of that, still some problems, right? Right. Not every product supports every charging speed. I still just worry that things are getting hot, as we've mentioned a few times. And then there's the problem, which we've talked about in the Richcast a few times now, where a lot of companies are doing this in the laziest possible way. They're not adding the pennies of additional costs to their products to put on the two resistors that make USB-C power go. So they've effectively just replaced the micro USB port with a USB-C port. And if you plug an actual USB-C to USB-C charger onto it, it doesn't charge because the thing doesn't know how to call for power from USB-C because it's not actually USB-C. You have to use a USB-A to USB-C cord. 
which just drives me insane. And I, I'm going to propose on this, the holiday spectacular in the holiday spirit, in the spirit of Christmas, that all of those people should go to jail. (laughs) And I I can't think of a better present for all of us gathered today around the holiday hearth than jail. But that could be my gift to America and the world. I think we can agree. I will have done the Christmas community at least as much of a service as Mariah Carey. We're skipping right past like coal and everybody's stocking. We're going straight to jail. <laughs> straight to jail. I like it. All right. And that, I would say, represents the best case of USBC, right? We've, we've basically solved this power problem. We've created a market for a new kind of product, these battery packs and these multi-chargers. There's a lot of innovation and engineering resources and money and invention going into a thing. And it has tangible consumer benefits. And then there's like, four percent of it that's bad which is like the cheapest products it's a lot of off-brand headphones and speakers i think i've mentioned the the milk frother we use to stir protein powder (laughs) it's like that's really annoying there's just a bunch of that stuff where they just like usbc will fix it and they didn't do it the right way so it frustrates everyone i we've had people since we mentioned the first time we've gotten a bunch of emails from people who are like i threw something away because i didn't realize this was the problem oh wow i thought it was just broken that's crazy to me yeah and i'm saying this is the best case so, so far, the worst experience I've personally had is kind of what you're describing with the the A to C connector, where you plug it in and nothing happens. I have not had anything problematic happen. I know there are risks. It's like you could plug something in and your phone could explode. That's a real thing that could, in theory, happen. That has not happened to me. Have either of you had sort of actual bad USB-C experiences so far? Mine are just all, I plug a thing in, nothing happens, I take it out i plug it in nothing happens and then i get angry at my battery being dead feel like i busted a hard drive i feel like i busted like an off-brand hard drive mm. by plugging it into the wrong USB-C, and it just died it was just yeah. like nope no ma'am that actually kind of makes sense it like tries to come to life and then just uh-uh. and like <laughs> yeah. after that even when i found the right cables it never worked and mm. i blame was it maybe because the hard drive was crappy possibly <laughs> but i like to blame the USB-C. I have a similar experience. It is dumber than Alex's. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to mince words about it. So you were drinking some eggnog one night. Was it a beard trimmer? It was not a beard trimmer. My beard trimmer is not yet USB C. I don't. That that needs a full on barrel connector to get through this forest. You gotta you gotta rev the engine. <laughs> Max has a like a VTech kid zoom camera. Uh-huh. If you have children, you you know that these things are just. Uh, they're everywhere. Every kid has one. They're fun. They're cute. And they are notorious for ha- being really finicky about what USB-C cables are compatible with them. Even just a regular USB-A to micro USB cable, real messy. Like some of them work, some of them don't. And everyone I know just ends up buying a micro SD card to use because the cable thing is so fussy with these cameras. Yeah. I didn't do that. Every time I like get want to get photos off the camera, I remember that I should buy a micro SD card for this camera so I don't have to deal with trying 500 cables and then I forget and I don't do it. So I'm trying to get photos off this thing and obviously my laptop only has USB-C ports on it. So I'm like going through adapters and the adapters end up effectively corrupting photos on the camera until I finally gave up, came upstairs to this delightful 2015 iMac that I used to Vergecast from and plugged directly into a USB-A port on the back of it, and I got off whatever photos I could. And I was like, this is bad. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's like a dongle problem, and, you know, it's like it, it's all it's like kind of all the messes at once. But, like, you should be able to just plug into what is effectively an SD card reader and get files without thinking, okay, 
this thing is USB-A, that thing is USB-C, this thing is a really finicky micro SD implementation, and now I've corrupted some photos that my kid took on our camera. That's by far the worst USB experience I had, and somewhere in there is that I was leaping through Dongle Town. (laughs) Well, and the, the problem with that is it's so sneaky in its problem that it makes everything worse, right? Like, I don't have the right cable for this. It's a very obvious problem. It's a very annoying problem, but you at least know what the problem is. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, if I go get the correct cable, everything will be fine. In this case, you're you're left to like troubleshoot through a bunch of steps that you have no actual visibility into because something along the way that seemed like it probably should have worked and all fit together literally and figuratively didn't work. And that's the thing about USB-C that has always driven me the most crazy. Like the Opal camera came with a USB-C cable and would only work with its USB-C cable. And it's like, my friends, that is, <laughs> we're doing it wrong here. That is like not the spirit of a universal connector. At that point, just have a proprietary barrel connector. What the hell difference does it make? Well, that just explains something about my Opal camera. So, <laughs> <laughs> I learned something. So we, we, I've said it. I've said the magical incantation. We have to talk about it now. We got to talk about Dongle Town. The magical incantation is just the word Dongle Town. Yeah. <laughs> and the dongles show up. <laughs> and now we're in Dongle Town. You just like say it three times and then you go to Dongle Town. <laughs> so USB-C first comes out. I remind everyone it came out first on the Apple MacBook, the, the tiny little MacBook, still the world's best plain computer. Remember, that computer only had a single port. Uh, it was so tiny. And I, again, I go back to the Titanium PowerBook G4 that I was talking about. That computer, it a, a real design constraint for that computer was the height of the Ethernet port. Apple says, we don't want to do this. This is also the, what you might call the, the peak Johnny Ive era. <laughs> we want to make the laptop as thin as possible. We're going to cut it down to just a single port because all you need to do with this computer is charge it. Maybe you want to do some data stuff. So... We'll use USB-C. We'll figure out how to charge it. They went to the USB-C implementers forum, the USB-IF. Apple dictates the design of USB-C. They have had a hand on this wheel since the very beginning, and it started with that first MacBook. Yeah, there's a lot of lightning in USB-C for that reason. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of Apple ideas in there. The connector is very much their idea. It was designed to be a partner to lightning, which is how they, got, they were able to get there in the end uh, with the iPhone, which we should talk about. But, you know, this MacBook comes out and everyone says, ah, dongle town. Like, in order to use this computer, you will have to have a series of complicated dongles. And Apple's response to this with that computer in particular was, no, you won't, because no one plugs anything into our laptops. We've we've done the research. We've done the studies, especially consumer laptops. No one plugs anything in. Be happy with Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Fine. And this computer is so underpowered. That it is true that no one ever plugs anything <laughs> in. <laughs> like when I, I had two of them, and I, I truly believe that this is the world's best travel computer. I took this thing on planes. I've live logged a million Apple events with with one of them. It had a terrible butterfly keyboard, many many compromises. But I never felt like I need to plug anything into this other than a power cable. Yeah. You move through the years, and Apple releases many more computers. Now maybe they have two USB C ports, and we are in Dongle Town. Like. In order to have a laptop, you've got to have one of those like eight and one dongles that has a bunch of useful ports on it. Apple eventually relents. Their MacBook Pros now have lots and lots of ports. There are literal cheers from the audience. And they're like, the SD card reader is back on a MacBook Pro. Yeah. My MacBook Pro has an HDMI port on it. Like, we're many ways back to what we, where we started. But all the ports have gotten smaller. And I'm sitting here in 2024. I'm wondering, are we, 
Are we in Dongle Town anymore? Like, I, I still carry one around, but I don't know why. Security. Like, maybe sometimes I need a USB-A port, and that's it. That's all I can think of. Yeah, I, I carry mine for the USB-A. And also, like, I was always in Dongle Town because of that stupid <laughs> DV. Like, if you had a monitor, it always was VGA, and then your yep. laptop was always DVI. So you were always doing dongles anyway. I didn't have to carry as many of them. Like it wasn't for little small quick things like SD card reads and, and oh, I need to plug a thumb drive in. So I don't know. I'm still in Dongle Town. I'm okay with it. So the thing that I wonder hearing you talk about this, though, is whose fault is that? Because like I'm, I'm sitting here on the computer I use every day is a Mac mini that I have connected to a Scepter monitor that I bought for super cheap on Amazon <laughs> and could tell you nothing about except that it exists and it's my monitor. It uses HDMI. So it's HDMI to HDMI. And that is just the way that it works. And I'm like, whose fault is it that I don't connect these two things to a USB cable? Because I think there's a world in which the answer to the MacBook Pro's problem was more USB-C ports, not let's bring back the old ports. And I think bringing back the old ports was the right call, but I can't figure out whose fault it is that we haven't gotten to the all USB-C everything accessory universe faster. It's a lot of cost stuff, right? Like like it's more expensive to to put in a lot of these ports. When I mean, you talk to the monitor makers, they, they're like, well, no, our, our people want DisplayPort because there's some stuff that USB-C can't do that DisplayPort can and vice versa. I refuse to believe that, that anyone on earth wants DisplayPort. Oh, my God. Well, DisplayPort is a better standard than HDMI. That is maybe for next year. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> next year's Holiday Spectacular is just DisplayPort v HDMI. You know, like we'll do it as a court case. Love it. But you're, you're, you're seeing it like the monitors I'm on right now are these two like $800 LG monitors that I'm still very upset that I spent this much money as I did on them. But they've got USB-C on the back and, and it works. But they also have USB-A and that's the only way you can use the backlights on them to like make the backlights do cool stuff. So it's like they're kind of dumb. <laughs> well, so you get USB-C as a connector might be good and can support all this power. USB-C as a standard is not capable of doing all the things that you want. Right. And so if you were to go to an all USB-C world, to Alex's point, you would increase cost because you'd be basically building in adapters somewhere along the line to move the data into different kinds of standards or different kinds of pin configurations. And I think you do want an HDMI that is focused on being the best display connector up against its mortal rival display port which is better and i think you do want a display port team that's like we're taking them down merry christmas you're describing like bundling and unbundling right like we've we, we've been <laughs> through a bundling phase which is USB-C, and then everybody's going to come to the realization that oh it's great that all of this is in one place but what it means when it tries to be everything is that it can't be the best at anything and then we're going to spend the next decade with like a new series of very specific one-to-one -one things that are better at one thing than USB-C, and then we're going to do this again in 10 years and be like wouldn't it be great if we had a standard that just brought everything together and you could just plug it in I don't think it's that many things, though. When you think about, like, what the ports are being used, it's it's vi it's visual ports, right? Like, it's HDMI and DisplayPort. And that's because they're really good at, at doing visual stuff in a way that USB-C just isn't quite as good at. But if you think about most, like, data transfer, everybody's moved to USB-C. Or they're using Thunderbolt, which is like USB-C, but more expensive. And it's the same port. 
<laughs> fancy USB-C. It's fancy yeah. USB-C. And even audio, you maybe have an, an optical audio out, but typically the 3.5 millimeter jack is like more than enough for most people. And phones, they're like, no, we don't even need that. USB-C is enough. I was going to say, I can't believe, Neil, I just let you get that far into that sentence. No, I hissed at her. <laughs> I, was, I was going as fast as I could to get <laughs> get there before the hissing. No, but yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> it's like, right, the, the really fast data transfer like lives in the world of PCI. Mm-hmm. Thunderbolt and PCI have a connection there that's important. Everything else is kind of on USB. And then the thing that is not is the two display connectors. And even that is getting into a realm of silliness, right? Where it's like how many 8K displays can Apple plug into one Mac mini is like, that's how we're measuring how, how, how important those are. And maybe some things over time, like additional HDR bandwidth or more colors or whatever is going to be needed there will come. And I'm sure it'll be great, but most everything now can run on USB-C. And what you're, what you see is Yep. Sometimes you sit in a conference room and there's just a bundle of display adapters sitting on the yeah. on the table, but they all have USB connectors on the end. That to me just feels like a, a kind of victory. I'm not sure it's the right one. Like we defeated complexity with additional complexity, but at least all the connectors are the same. Yeah, but it's smaller complexity, I guess, which is yeah, something. That's a win. Yeah. I mean, part of me feels like I think I'm torn between these two ideas that this transition is was always going to take a long time because it essentially involves replacing every gadget on earth at some point. And that's a lot of work and you can fix your own gadget. And like, I've seen this even with the iPhone 15, right? Getting the iPhone 15, fantastic. Love being able to use USB-C. My wife and I can now charge our phones with the same thing. She has a Pixel. I have an iPhone. It's great. Huge victories for everybody. I have a new cable that I had to get for my car. My phone now doesn't plug into certain things it used to plug into. I have a bunch of accessories that are now dead, right? Like that transition is going to take a long time. And I, I get that. But also we've been at this for a decade now and it doesn't feel like we're close. Yeah. And so I, I can't decide if we're running too slowly or if I'm being too ambitious here. Let's wrap this up by talking about the the big news of the year for USB-C. Apple switched the iPhone to USB-C. This yeah. is the big thing in a, in a normal universe. When that happened, we'd run a headline like USB-C arrives or it's finally here. The transitions. Are, and that is just no one's doing that because of the iPhone. That's what I mean. Instead, it's yeah, to your point, it's a combo of finally. And oh, boy, this is going to take a long time. Yeah. Um, and I feel that way. To be clear, I feel that way about USB-A, too. But because there isn't some giant company that is switching away from USB-A to mark a moment, it's hard to talk about in the same way. But it is true that USB-A is, I believe, in world history, the most popular power port of all time. Like, it is the most popular pr- plug outlet in world history. I believe it. It's just everywhere. Yeah. It is a standard. You can be anywhere in the world and you see a USB-A port and you're like, I'm going to plug these god-awful cheap LED strip lights into them and they're going to light up. Well, first you're going to have to flip it over because you plugged it in yeah, wrong. <laughs> but exactly. then the second time it'll work. That's kind of amazing. No other plug outlet has ever... I'm going to charge my phone. I found a USB-A port. God, I hope it isn't loaded with malware. I'm going to carry one of those little adapters that, only, that cuts everything with the power. That's incredible. But that is also, you got to take all of those out. We, you know, we're renovating our house. I'm buying plug outlets and I'm buying plug outlets with USB-C and one USB-A in the middle because mm. there's enough stuff that I know I'm going to want to plug into that plug outlet. That's nuts. And now I've just installed another USB-A outlet into the wall of this house. It's going to be there for 20 years. Right. You're both helping and hurting all at the same You're time. Persisting. It's, and it's the same with Lightning. Like Apple, there's you know a billion plus iOS devices out there with Lightning ports on them. 
Apple's still selling some phones with lightning ports. Apple still sells some iPads with lightning ports on them. Yeah. They're going to keep selling them for a long time. EU be damned. <laughs> Merry Christmas to the European Commission, <laughs> says Tim Cook. <laughs> Happy holidays, you bastards. And he ships his billionth iPad. Like, that stuff isn't going anywhere. And it kind of means the the core dream of USB-C, uh, maybe no connector will ever achieve it, right? Because there's always going to be standards sort of waxing and waning. And as everything gets bigger and everything becomes a computer, the installed bases just get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. If people are cheap. I mean, how long has the PS2 port persisted? I think you could probably buy something with a PS2 port right now. And you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to do that. That's just stupid. It's like, it's older than <laughs> half of the people that we work with. That said, this is true. You can get all the way here. I've seen people assemble just the most bananas USB-C dongle chains. Yeah. You can get an, a PS2 to USB-A to USB-C connector and use them on a lot of computers. Uh, people still use Apple Extended Keyboard 2s. They're very popular, the big clicky keys. Apple Desktop Bus to USB-A to USB-C totally works. It's kind of amazing, you know, when software backwards compatibility is so hard, yet with USB-C in hardware, people almost take it for granted, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, kudos to like the people who did this for making it a continuing standard. But I think now we're at a point where we've agreed that this is the standard and it's going to keep moving so fast that I wonder if we're going to end up sort of accidentally at another unrecognizable standard before too long and if maybe we're even there already like USB-C is a collection of different things that all kind of look the same already and the EU is out here regulating like what the port has to look like and I think that's good but I also wonder if instead of that thing you're describing where we've kind of had really good connectivity over the years between the ideas of USB if instead we're going to have a bunch of things that look the same and are very different and that's just going to be where it lands I have no idea I mean that's what we're doing with HDMI right now and, and a lot of other ports is there's like that conflict and nobody wants to properly label things. And if yeah. they just properly labeled things and made the labels easy to understand, this would all be solved. But Oh yeah, if you are a member of the United States Congress listening to this, the Vergecast holiday spectacular about USB-C. Welcome. I think there's at least 40 or 50 senators listening to this right now. No question. At least half the Senate is listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, first of all, if you're listening to this and you're in Congress, you are the most effective politicians countries. <laughs> I want you to feel great about it. You are here on the ground with the people. You're sharing the holiday spirit with them. And you are talking about real problems in America. Second, you have an opportunity to outdo the Europeans if you just pass some labeling standards. Everything in tech right now is being regulated by the Europeans. Yep. You know, and you can you can do it. You can take weird Saint Nicholas from France and turn him into Santa Claus in the greatest American Christmas spirit. You can do it. And you can say, look, you are you are, you're focused on USB C. Here in America, we label our wires. And you can you can just take Christmas from them. And I want you to do it. Please. Because that is actually what we just put labels on the plugs that say how fast they can charge and how much data they, they can support. And then everyone will be happy. We'll, we'll lead better lives in America. <laughs> you have to also make it a spec that people care about. Like this is the, yeah. the learning experience over Christmas is like sit down and really learn about the charging <laughs> requirements of all of your individual <laughs> devices. Take some time. Instead of reading the night before Christmas, read some instruction manuals to your computers yeah because like 
I think about what what happened to TVs, right? Like everybody got very aware of what 720p and 1080p and 4K and 8K were. And those things get better because people start to care about it and they'll buy the better ones. And now I've become like a, a zealot for telling people to buy expensive cables, which is the opposite of what I used to say. I used to tell people just like, buy the Amazon basics, the cheapest thing you can find for whatever cable yeah. you need, it'll probably work. Now I'm like, if you want to live the as few cables as possible lifestyle, you have to buy good ones. And you have to buy ones that are more than most of your devices need in order for it to work for most of your devices. And people just don't know because they've never had to. And realistically, they shouldn't. Like, this should be a solved problem. But we, this has to be a thing people care about. Like, I'm the problem because I didn't make sure that my monitor was the right connectivity for what I wanted. And if we don't start to demand that, it won't get better. That's wild, right? Because HDMI, which carries much more data on the regular, needs to be more reliable in order to support all the high-end video standards. It is kind of like just buy whatever cable. Right. But it's not truly. But it's close enough. Like for most cases. If you're out there buying the monster cables, like you're getting taken for a ride. If you buy a high quality HDMI cable, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Right? In a way that if you don't buy a high quality USB-C cable. You're boned. You're not guaranteed to get life out of it through as like technology progresses. And you'll notice the difference. Like I, I work in my basement and my bedroom is two floors away upstairs. All of my cables are right next to me. The thing I use to charge my phone all the way upstairs is a piece of crap USB-C cable that takes a hundred thousand years to charge my phone. And I have to change it. And I have not because I keep forgetting when I'm upstairs and it's too much work to come all the way downstairs. <laughs> but it's like, it, it's a real thing. And you will notice the difference between a really good cable and a really crappy cable in a way that I think with HDMI, like most people are not going to notice the difference. Yeah. Most people don't even know like HDMI 2.0 and 2.1. And so they're like, that's fine. Yeah. And if you're like, let's spend $65 on this cable, like someone will come out and just start screaming at you. But you know, if your milk foamer is not charging. It's exactly right. Neil, I can't make coffee if his milk foamer is not charging. And that's very important. Okay. Here's my last piece on this. And then we should go to the game show. This was the year that Apple did the big transition to USB-C. The iPhone has it now. The EU has mandated it. That This is all big news. I, f- I feel like that stuff in the weeds of it is less important than how does it feel to use technology that all has this port. So that's what we spent our time on. But it is the thing that happened. Does that feel like it was a success? Does it feel like it will be an enduring success? Or are we just waiting for USB-C, USB-C-D? To come oh, along, <laughs> USBF. 6G will change everything, Eli. That's what I'm saying. Will 6G change everything? <laughs> or did we get there with this big European regulation and the, finally the switch on the iPhone? Alex, what do you think? It'll change nothing. You think it'll change nothing? I don't think anything's going to change, really. I think we're going to continue this like slow roll. I'm a little more hopeful than that. I think the iPhone changing is a big deal. I think it would have been a bigger deal if the iPhone had switched 10 years ago. I think there's a really interesting parallel universe if instead of launching USB-C on a MacBook, it had launched it on an iPhone and how the technology world would look different now all these years after that. I think it would look very different and much better. I've talked to a lot of people in the last, say, six months who are very excited about this and what it'll mean for the kinds of accessories you can buy, knowing that they're going to last more than the life of your phone and the kinds of things that you can put into cars and put into fixtures in your house. And the, like with confidence that this port is going to be around in some way for the next, let's say, 10 years, there's stuff you can do that is cool and different and exciting for everybody. I think if we are still in this place where I can plug a thing into my devices and I have no idea what's going to happen, 
in another 12 months, I'm going to be a lot less optimistic. Join me. Yeah, either <laughs> either we're going to spend 2024 like weeding out the crappy stuff on Amazon, starting to figure this stuff out. The next rev a lot of, of a lot of these gadgets will make more affordances for that stuff and it'll be great. Or we're just going to be overrun by crappy USB-A to USB-C gadgets. And I'm going to be on Alex's side saying, actually, nothing has gotten better. Yeah. yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. And here's what I'll throw out there to just complexify this whole situation. My family has a wide variety of iPhones in it. And some of us have a USB-C iPhones, some of us have Lightning iPhones. And the most popular person on my family on our recent family trip was my nephew who had a MagSafe battery pack that worked yeah. with everyone's phones. That's so real. Yeah. And it it was like, oh, there's another thing going on here that is interesting, right? There's another out for Apple. You know, MagSafe and Qi charging, Qi 2 and MagSafe are really tightly aligned. That's becoming its own little standard right next to USB-C. I, I think that's going to make the ecosystems a little more interesting and a little more compatible, but we'll see. Like, that's the only thing I'll throw in the mix. I'm also optimistic that at least one turn of it is done and that USB-C seems future-proofed in a way. Like, it's the thing. It can support everything from a laptop to whatever. To change the world's laptops to the next power standard, you need a good reason. Like this is a tiny little connector and you get a hundred watts out of it, 240 watts out of it. To, that's most laptops. You don't need anything. Like it, the design constraint it imposes is not an inch tall <laughs> Ethernet connector. Like you can get what you want out of it. So I, that's my hope is that it has done what it needs to do for now. And the next turn looks like magnetic charging or whatever. And that is going to make this transition hopefully a little easier because there's something compatible with both along the way. And then if a year or two from now, most things will just have USB-C and people will just understand it. And then after that, we get to the thing. What was the thing where it was like a, a lamp that sits in the corner of your room and like beams power at you? Yeah, it's the, they're at CES every year and every year they're like, we could do it. And every year it's like, well, then do it. That's 8G, baby. <laughs> one year, uh, one of those companies promised that they had a foreman grill that was wirelessly powered. And I was like, I don't believe you. And I went and I shot a video on a flip cam of them cooking a burger. And it was like the thing was just sitting on a giant plate. That was, you know, like wireless. I was like, this isn't really, I understand that there's no wire here, sir. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is it. We haven't gotten very far. All right. Speaking of the complexity of USB-C, we got to take a break. We're going to come back with the USB-C prices, right? And probably some sort of lawsuit from the prices, right? People we will be right back. Most weight loss programs focus on restriction and inflexible routine, which is why most diets fail. But Noom isn't a diet. It's a weight management program that uses psychology and biology to help you develop healthy, sustainable habits. Noom believes that weight loss starts with the brain, and their daily lessons are tailored to help users understand the science behind food cravings and eating choices. Whether you want to lose weight, increase physical activity, meet a health goal, or simply change the way you think about food, Noom can help you build healthy habits while still enjoying your favorite foods. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com and check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen 
for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Here it comes from the Vox Media Podcast Studios in New York, New York. It's the USB-C Price is Right. Neil I. Patel, come on down. We're going to get sued. <laughs> I'm so worried about it. Alex Kranz, come on down. I can't afford to be sued right now. And David Pierce, come on down. I always thought I would do a cool dance if I was on the Price is Right. <laughs> that was like I had a whole choreography planned. There was a spin move. And here's your host, Liam James. Okay, welcome to the USBC Price is Right. I'm VergeCast producer Liam James. We have a great game for you today, which will consist of four rounds, all themed around the latest industry standard connector for all your favorite gadgets. Well, Neelai, David, Alex, you should all know that each of you will be playing today for a VergeCast listener that we randomly pulled out of a hat. Let's hear who Neelai is playing for. This is James Alexander, and my favorite USB-C gadget has to be the very first one I ever got, a Nexus 6P. Yeah. Um, greatest phone Google ever made. Thank you. All right, James. I'm in it. Yeah. Great pick, James. All right. Let's hear who David's playing for today. Hey, Virtual team. My name is Kabir Ali, and my favorite USB-C gadget is my ceramic burr grinder for coffee beans that I got on Amazon. Awesome gadget. Thanks so much, guys. Hope to win the competition. My fussy coffee people. <laughs> Let's go, Kabir. I'm in. Let's go. David, you're my sworn enemy now. And Kabir, I don't know you, but you're dead to me. <laughs> we got to go back and ask Kabir if his thing is actually USB-A and doesn't have the resistors and can only charge from an A to C cable. Uh, yeah, we'll put that in the follow-up for the next show. <laughs> but for now, let's hear who Alex is playing for. Hi, my name is Terry. And my favorite USB-C gadget is my Ventrue and 4 Pro. It's a three-channel 4K Wi-Fi dash cam. I put it into my car. I have a key of soul. It's pretty awesome. Also, I would like uh, Alex to represent me. Yes. <laughs> wow. Dude found his people. He's like, I've got a fussy dash cam, Alex. <laughs> but he also has a Kia. That, so his like, insurance rate is more than his car. Okay. Well, whoever wins, your listener will be sent an awesome, cool Verge swag basket filled with all kinds of goodies. All right. Is everybody ready? Let's go. We're ready. All right. The first round is guess the price. Guess the price of each gadget. The closest guess without going over five wins. Get within $5, get a bonus of five points. Let's get started with the first gadget up for bid today. It's a 1080p endoscopic camera for your Android or iOS device. 
Featuring a 2.0 megapixel camera, six adjustable LEDs, this USB-enabled tool is great for inspecting hard-to-reach places like car repairs, sewer maintenance, dryer vent inspection, and more. Made by Pantsalin. Can I ask a follow-up question? (laughs) Can we spelling bee this? Where can I ask for, like, you know, language of origin? I just want to know how many megapixels was it? Two. Two megapixels. Okay, that changes everything. (laughs) The 1080p. Okay, whoever gets the closest to the retail price without going over gets the most points. All right, Alex Kranz. Ooh, what do I want to do? 248. Alex Kranz with $2.48. Wait, 248, not 248. Wow. <laughs> Alex Kranz with an overbid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm believing in me. It, look, it's, it's long. It's one long wire. Look, it's at least three cents per megapixel. <laughs> $248. dollars $248. All right. Mr. Pierce. Okay. Do we have the thing where I can like look back at the crowd and ask them to guess for me? I $59.99. All right, David Pierce, $59.99. And the thing on Amazon says it's usually $74.99, but it's actually $59.99. That's what that's what I think. <laughs> and Mr. Patel. Oh, this is very complicated now because I think Alex is way too high and I think David's way too low. $117. Yeah, that's a good number. Neelai Patel, $117. Actual retail price is $29.90. Let's go. (laughs) I should have gone with it. I should have just kept my mouth shut. I could have won. Sorry, Terry. Look, my father was an emergency room doctor. Do not do that with things that cost $29.90. Check for for dryer lint. No. <laughs> My dryer vents are going to be so clean. You guys don't even know. Okay. That means all three of you actually bid over the retail price. So no oh, yeah, points crap. are awarded for this gadget. Uh, but let's move on to our next USB-C gadget. It's rechargeable heated socks by Weston. These stockings will keep your feet warm all day with the power of two small batteries you tuck into a pocket sewn into the socks, which are rechargeable by the included USB-C cable. Rechargeable Socks by Weston. All right. Contestants, currently on Weston's website, these socks are actually 50% off, but at what price? Wait, what is the discount price or what is the regular price? What is the discounted price? That's harder. I feel like this tracks with what David is saying is that these are probably never sold at the real price. Correct. Like you have to psychologically manipulate people into believing they're getting a deal in order to sell battery socks. Normally these are $1,000 and today they're six bucks. (laughs) All right. Contestants, are you ready? Ready. Okay. This time let's go with David Pierce to begin with. It's one pair of socks. Yes. One pair of socks. $22.49. All right. David Pierce with $22.49. Mr. Patel. I've learned my lesson. $11 flat. $11 flat from Mr. Patel and Ms. Krantz. Oh, see, because it's socks. Socks are sneakily expensive sometimes. So I'm going to go with $37.96. You think the socks cost more than the camera? Yes. Actual retail price is $79.95. 
Oh my God. Yes. Crayons are a winner. That's the half off price? That is the half yes. off price. I told you, socks <laughs> oh are pricey. I'm just going to say this out loud. What I've learned from two rounds of USB-C prices, right, is people respect some parts of their body much more than other parts <laughs> of their body. You can get the USB-A version of these socks for $199. <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm kidding. I, I totally made that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to our final gadget for Guess the Price. It's the FLIR One Pro Thermal Imaging Camera for Android phones. This infrared camera mobile accessory has an adjustable USB-C connector and lets you find hidden electrical problems, energy loss, water damage, and other heat-related issues with its thermal imaging with the help of the FLIR One app by FLIR. That's wow, so jaunty. All right, contestants, right now on Amazon, you can get this gadget for what price? I, I reviewed the, the Lightning version of this in like 2017, and I don't think that's going to help me at all. You got to factor out the MFI tax. Yeah, I got I to gotta factor that and also the many years since I last reviewed this. Yeah, inflation. Oh. What does Bidenomics say this is worth now? $4,000. <laughs> Okay, first we have Alex Kranz. Oh, I hate it. $268.42. All right, $268.42 from Alex Kranz. I feel like that's a good number. Neelai Patel, what is your guess? 207. 207. 86. 20786. We have a last minute correction. <laughs> David Pierce, what is your guess? One dollar. One dollar. Yeah. Price is right, baby. Let's go. David's taking the entire middle range there. All right. Actual retail price is $420.50. Yes! Oh, my God. Why didn't anyone guess 420 Oh, I'm sorry. But wait, I still win, right? You, you super do. won. Yes. Wow. You absolutely won. In fact, let's take a look at our scoreboard as it stands now. Rounding out the back is Neelai Patel with zero. <laughs> I'm sorry, James. I'll send you a Nexus 5, man, no matter what happens. Joining him uh, is David Pierce with zero. Come here, I'm so sorry. Alex Kranz, our fearless leader, at 10. A commanding lead. All for you, Terry. It's all for you. I can't send you a Nexus 5 because it's a mini USB. I'll figure it out. <laughs> Get an adapter. <laughs> Dongle it. All right, contestants, the next game we have for you is called the Match Game. Match the gadget to its max wattage over USB-C. Two points per correct match. Here, we have a list of 10 USB-C gadgets and 10 of max power delivery stats in watts. As you all may know, power delivery is a specification on USB-C that tells us how much power the gadget is allowed to receive for charging. Use your expert gadget knowledge to match each USB-C PD number with the appropriate tech. Can I just say this is proof positive that USB-C PD is bananas. I'm just going to read you the, the numbers that are available. 100 watts, 45 watts, 140 watts, 3 watts, 80 watts, 18 watts, 30 watts, 96 watts, 27 watts, and 45 watts. Many of these numbers are virtually the same <laughs> Universal standards, baby. <laughs> Let's tell the audience what the devices are. First, we have the Nintendo Switch from 2019. We have the iPhone 15 Pro. We have the 16-inch MacBook Pro, M3. We also have the Steam Deck OLED model. 
We have the DeWalt DCB094 USB charging kit. We have the PS5 DualSense controller. We have the Samsung Galaxy S23, the OnePlus 11 5G. We have a 14-inch MacBook Pro, the M1 model. And finally, the Pixel 8 Pro. Everyone should have a worksheet we provided for them with all this information. Please match the gadget with the appropriate power wattage. You may start now. Again, I'm just going to point out it's 10 different devices, many of which are exactly the same category in 10 different numbers. Listen, Neil, I stopped stalling. All right, I'm going. Oh, I did this one wrong. Did you guys do the thing that I did where you get almost to the end and you realize the two highest ones you haven't done yet and all that's left are ones that don't need that much power? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. See, I was like, C, 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 45. I goofed. No, I, I think I nailed this. Actually, you know, you know what? I nailed this. Confidence. All right, contestants, let's see how everybody did. We're going to take these one at a time, starting with the Nintendo Switch at 18 watts. Ooh, that's Crap. a big Ooh. no. Anybody get that nope. one? Nope. Next, we've got nope. the iPhone 15 Pro at... 27 watts. Ah. Oh, I was close on that one. Did you guess 30? I guess 30. I guess 30. You know what's horrible at this is that we keep going, the, the more it's guaranteed that I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next, we have the 16-inch MacBook Pro M3 model at 140 watts. Dang Hell it. yeah. You should have all gotten that one. I knew that was a thirsty B. No. I knew it was thirsty, but I thought something else was thirstier. All right. Next, uh, we have the Steam Deck OLED model. At 45 watts. Ugh. Yes! That's low. That feels low. I got to me. that one. It does feel low. That means I that means I know nothing. I was surprised by this as well. I got I put a little line in. All right. Next item on the list is the DeWalt DCB094 USB charging kit at a hundred watts. Wow. Yeah. I had it in the MacBook Pro, the 16 inch. I switched them. I gotta say, I got that one wrong and everything else waterfalled to wrongness after that. There was just a cascade of inaccurate answers after I got that one wrong. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll rip the Band-Aid off gently here. It's the PS5 DualSense controller at three watts. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Samsung Galaxy S23 at 45 watts. Yeah. OnePlus 11 5G at 80 watts. Yeah. That's the only thing I know about OnePlus is that it'll just suck down power. That's what they do, baby. I put 100 because for the same reason. I was like, <laughs> OnePlus, just get after it. Light that battery on fire. <laughs> like, put that shit on a hot plate. Let's go. <laughs> All right. The 14-inch MacBook Pro M1 model at... 96 watts. Oh! Finally, we have the Pixel 8 Pro at 30 watts. Hey! Bang! I got two! I told you I'd take this home. All right, contestants, let's find out how you did. A reminder that each one that you got correct here counts for two points. A reminder that this is the winning worksheet. And if I had gotten this, the DeWalt <laughs> thing correct. All right, Mr. Hotshot, tell us how many you got right. That's five. Got five correct guesses. Wow. David Pierce, how many correct guesses do you have on your worksheet? I got a whopping two right. Two correct from David Pierce. I have probably five other ones that are one <laughs> rung away. Like, should I have put 100 when I put 96? Yes, I should have. Should I have put 80 when I put 96? Yes, I should have. Tough beat for David. Kabir, I'm sorry. Four points for me. All right. Alex Kranz, how many correct guesses do you have? Well, I can't make fun of David because it's the exact same. Two. I also got two right. 
but I got wow. two right in the last round, so I'm I'm winning. Did you both try to do the highest and lowest first? Like I knew that PS5 was the lowest. Yes. And then I was just trying to figure out where the highest was, and I knew it was the MacBook. I did highest first, and then I started to scramble because I realized <laughs> I'd done it all wrong, but it was too late. So I was like, oh, PS, PS, I know that one's going to be low. And that's that's the one I got right. <laughs> I very confidently, the first line I drew was iPhone 15 Pro to 30 watts because I was sure that was like, <laughs> no question that was correct. Three watts <laughs> off. And then, no, I'll tell you what threw me while I'm being angry about this is that the Nintendo Switch is famously the hardest gadget yes. on earth to buy cables for. So I looked at this and I was like, what's the most random number on here? Yes. Because I bet that's it. And I landed on 27 Same. for the Switch. And I was so sure that was right because I was like, no other cable except the one dumb one that Nintendo will sell you will work. So it has to be a random one. And I was wrong and I'm furious. <laughs> I just randomly chose 96 and I was wrong. Do you think the Switch takes 96 watts of power? <laughs> The Switch has the processing horsepower of a phone from 2009. <laughs> I was like, maybe it just gets thirsty. Well, I will just say, you guys are doing much better than you did last year on the Bluetooth Jeopardy game. So Fair enough. Let's review the points from that round. Neelai got 10 points for his five correct Oof. guesses. Yeah. Worst to first. David Pierce and Alex Kranz each got four points for their two correct guesses, bringing our grand totals to Neelai at 10, David at four, and Alex at 14. Yeah. Santa's back. I got you, Terry. All right. Now we go into round three. Round three is Mad Libs. We have given you a sentence with a bunch of terms missing, but all the terms are jumbled. The sentence comes from a recent Android Authority article spelling out just how complicated USB-C has gotten. Fill in the gaps in the sentence with the provided terms. We'll give you three points each per correct placement. And the sentence is... Blank is based on blank and aligned with the blank specification, thereby bundling in blank tunneling support for two blank or a single blank display output, and blank capabilities on blank devices. <laughs> Do we have four hours to complete this? And the terms we have for the sentence are DisplayPort 2.0, 4K, PCI Express, Hub, Thunderbolt 4, USB 4, Thunderbolt 3, and 8K. All right, everyone, please use your worksheet to fill out the sentence. I got it. Can I ask for definitions on several of these words? Also, is PCI Express a trick because no one has used that in 25 years? Are there more words than there are slots? No. Nailed it. By the way, that's how I took the LSAT, in case you're wondering. I finished the worksheet <laughs> and just stood up and said, nailed it, after every section. I'm having deep regrets already, but I'm, I'm locked in. I hit the buzzer. Crans, you ready? Well, I guess I'm going to have to be. <laughs> <laughs> I borked something somewhere. I knew the people who took the LSAT that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's hear your sentences, contestants, starting with Alex Kranz. That's rude. That's very <laughs> rude. Thunderbolt 4 is based on Thunderbolt 3 and aligned with the PCI Express specification, thereby bundling in... Mm, this is where it goes really bad. USB 4 tunneling. No, that's just wrong. Support for up to two hub or a single DisplayPort 2.0 display output mm. and 4K capabilities on 8K devices. 
You really just ran out of words there. That's how that feels. <laughs> okay, let's go with David Pierce next. Thunderbolt 4 is based on USB 4 and aligned with the Thunderbolt 3 specification, thereby bundling in PCI Express tunneling support for up to two 4K or a single 8K display output and hub capabilities on DisplayPort 2.0 devices. Oh, that makes sense. I'm not sure that it does. You guys do not spend nearly enough time on the DisplayPort Wikipedia page. <laughs> Sean Hollister is very upset somewhere right now. <laughs> uh, all right, Neelai Patel, tell us your sentence. USB 4 is based on PCI Express and aligned with a Thunderbolt 4 specification, thereby bundling in Thunderbolt 3 tunneling support for up to two 4K displays or a single 8K display output and DisplayPort 2.0 capabilities on hub devices. All right. I believe Neela is going to be our winning contestant here, but let me read this <laughs> sentence for you. It's actually USB-C 4 is based on Thunderbolt 3 and aligned <laughs> with the Thunderbolt 4 specification. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I got no, one right. I refuse. Thereby bundling in DisplayPort 2.0 tunneling support for up to 2.4K or one 8K display output and PCI Express capabilities over hub devices. I just got two words in the, and they are the same word. Thunderbolt and PCI Express are the same, the same thing. Yeah. So why didn't you put them in the right places, Patel? H homonyms. <laughs> <laughs> the power of suggestion. No, I maintain the first clause of this sentence objectively makes no sense and should not be allowed. <laughs> I refuse. I'd just like to remind you, this sentence came from an Android Authority article spelling out just how complicated USB-C has gotten. I'd like to have a word with Android Authority. Could we bring them on the show? Yes. I'd like to question your authority, good sir. All right. So let's review that round of Mad Libs to see how we did. Eli Patel got five correct guesses for a total of 15. David Pierce got two correct guesses for a total of six points. Don't say it like that. And Alex Kranz only got one correct. I got one. <laughs> for a total of three points. Let's go back to the big board to see our totals. We've got Neelai Patel at 25 now, taking the lead. Yes. David Pierce at 10 and Alex Kranz at 17. And it would be more if it wasn't for the corrupt Android Authority, whose administration <laughs> I will bring down. I got to crush Neelai in the last round. My sets are higher, Kranz. I think for an extra 10 points, can Neelai be forced to explain this in English? <laughs> <laughs> yes, now that I have the correct one. <laughs> so the, the way that I always think about this, just very quickly, and it, I know I'm going to gloss over the details, but the way I always think about this is that Thunderbolt and PCI Express are the same thing. And PCI is what's in your computer, and Thunderbolt is that exact same connectivity over a wire. That means Thunderbolt has lots of bandwidth. It's really fast. You can do expansion with it, which is how you get PCI expansion chassis over Thunderbolt. It's all makes sense. So all this is saying is over time, USB 4 and Thunderbolt, as USB gets faster and faster and faster, it starts to inherit the capabilities of Thunderbolt because Apple and Intel are all mixed up in the standard here. They're starting to align the things so that you can do more Thunderbolt things on USB as it gets faster. So here, USB 3 is inheriting a bunch of Thunderbolt 3 capabilities in alignment with Thunderbolt 4, which is itself getting faster. And that means USB 4 can now do Thunderbolt 3 things like DisplayPort 2.0 for two 4K or one 8K device and PCI expansion on hubs. I also appreciate that Neil said it in more words than Android Authority. <laughs> so good job, Android Authority. Significantly more. <laughs> All right, let's go to that final round, everyone, which is the showcase. Guess the price of the combined showcase without going over. 
The closest guess wins 20 points. Guess within $250, we'll give you an extra five points. I hate this. Can we go back to Mad Libs? <laughs> guess within $100, get an extra 10 points. Guess within $50, and we'll give you a whopping 50 bonus points. All right, Kabir, this is our moment. Let's go. Let's see what we have in this showcase. In this package, experience USB-C in all of its many uses with this all-inclusive podcasting kit. Oh my god. This cutting-edge package would in theory include a 16-inch 2023 MacBook Pro with an M3 Pro chip, 12-core CPU, 18-core GPU, 16-core neural engine, of course, three Thunderbolt 4 ports, and 140-watt USB-C power adapter. Along with that, we have the Sony WH-1000XM5 wireless headphones, chargeable by USB-C. And then, Rode's NT1 5th generation studio condenser microphone, which allows connection with both XLR and USB-C. Anchor's 563 10-in-1 USB-C docking station. LG's 28-inch 16x18 dual-up monitor with USB-C. And to top it all off, a waterless portable essential oil diffuser, rechargeable by USB-C, by Lintro. So it's a wellness podcast. I just want to be clear. <laughs> All right, contestants, please guess the price of this deluxe podcasting kit. We're going to start with our leader, Neelai Patel. Okay, forty-one seventy-nine ninety-nine. All right, we've got Neelai at four thousand one hundred seventy-nine ninety-nine. Next on the scoreboard, we have Alex Kranz. 4856 We don't know how much that microphone costs at all. <laughs> Alex Kranz is going with $4,856. And David Pierce, what is your guess? $1. <laughs> In a classic Price is Right. I wrote down an actual number that I will tell you when I find out whether I won or not. <laughs> all right, we'll get there in a moment. The actual retail price of this package is... $3,847.96. Kabir, we did it! But I'm closer. You went over, it doesn't matter. Is that how that works? Because this is Price is Right rules, if you've gone over, you lose. Which means... The comeback of the century. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows how much that microphone costs. Yeah, can we get individual prices? All right, let's break that down in more detail. The 16-inch 2023 MacBook Pro with M3 chip was $2,499. Got that exactly right. The Sony headphones were $329.99. I was $20 off on that. I was so close. I was a little high there. The Rode NT1 condenser microphone was $249. Oh, I was just a little high, actually. I was only 50 bucks high. I was 100 bucks low. The Anchor 563... Docking station was $129.99. That's a good deal. I'm way off on that one. Andrew, you you put together a nice little package here. Yeah. <laughs> it's very affordable. I put it at $50. The LG dual up monitor with USB-C was $599.99. I put $650. I was pretty close. Why is my LG monitor half that size and twice that price? You love pixel density. The thing you don't know about the dual up That's is true. that it only has <laughs> 10 pixels. And finally, the Lintro 2023 Waterless Portable Essential Oil Diffuser from Amazon at $39.99. Oh, nailed that one. Yeah, I know my Amazon garbage. <laughs> Your company's called Lintro and you put the year in the in the product description. You're not going over 50. This is much more affordable than I thought. I was high in the headphones. 
the microphone in the docking station, and that allowed David to win. I had that MacBook at three grand, not twenty five hundred, um, and I blame Apple for not making any <laughs> sense with what it tells you. And I was in aggregate, basically dead on with the rest of it. So I ended up the the number I wrote down was forty three ninety five sixty one, and if you take away that five hundred bucks, I was like, I was right there. So I'm I'm feeling good about this, but also I won anyway. So. Learn how to play the game, Patel. <laughs> David is fired. And what you've won is being alone for the holidays. <laughs> That's correct. David got 20 points from this round. Our other two contestants with zeros. That makes David our winner today with 30 points. Neli just behind him at 25. And finally, Alex Kranz oh. with 17 points. Rigged by the corrupt Android authority. <laughs> so sad. Congratulations to our winner, who David was playing for, Kabir. And let's tell Kabir what he's won. In our Verge swag gift bag, we've got a Vergecast t-shirt from the popular What's a Photo series. We've got this awesome pair of Vergecast sweatpants, a Verge mug, a Verge hat, and of course, a Verge fanny pack. Thank you to everyone for playing, and thank you all for listening. Please get your pets paid and neutered to help control the pet population. <laughs> We'll be right back after this break with more of the USBC Holiday Spectacular. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com tech. All right, we're back. I'm going to tell you right now, I feel like USB-C price is right, is rigged, and I should have won. <laughs> David is my mortal enemy now. I also feel like that. <laughs> I feel like I I just really didn't deserve to win that. Like I did it. I did it for Kabir and I did it for everybody, but I didn't deserve that victory. I'll take it to be very clear. <laughs> But I'm just looking at the sentence that I wrote, and I don't, I don't deserve anything. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> I also can't believe you, you won with the $1. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> we, we're going to have some beef next year. And also, most assuredly, a uh, trademark lawsuit. It's just coming for us, and that's fine. Oh, yeah. Alex, in the meantime, has gone on vacation. She's just on Santa's sleigh, 
flying around the world giving out <laughs> gifts to all the good boys and girls. It's great. Uh, I hope she enjoys her break. But Dave and I are sticking around to talk to Noah Denzel, who is the co-founder and CEO of Nomad Goods. In this conversation, uh, David, I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. We talked about USB-C. We talked about wireless charging. We talked about just like what it means to be an accessory company in this new world of USB-C. And it's very clear that this is a thing he spends a lot of time yeah. thinking about and having ideas about. And like, he didn't tell us as much of the weird stuff that they're building as I wanted him to, but he told us some of the weird stuff. What's fascinating about this is the iPhone switching to USB-C created a vast new market for USB-C products, which is really interesting. And Noah got all the way into what that means for how he runs the business and how you can build a business around a standard like USB-C. Right. All right. Without further ado, here's Noah Denzel, the co-founder and CEO of Nomad Goods. Welcome, Noah. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for celebrating the holidays with us by talking about USB-C. Hey, this is a USB-C holiday. I'm sure there's going to be, it's a good subject for around the, around the table discussion. Confusing, not too controversial. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone's got an opinion, but none of the opinions matter. Confusing, not too controversial is like the perfect tagline for USB-C at <laughs> this particular <laughs> moment in time. That's very good. It's definitely confusing. There's a lot of potential. It's a, it's a standard size, but what's going on in that size, there's all kinds of different things going on. Yeah. Yeah. So this is why we wanted to have you on here. Cause you're, you're somebody who is actually like making this stuff for people in the world. Right. And like just sort of poking around your website, it seems like you went at some point in the last year or so, basically like all in on USB-C. Like I, I had a hard time finding non-USB-C stuff for sale from Nomad, which I feel like in the past, your thing was kind of always like, we have all the cables for all the people. And now you're just like, it's USB-C time. Get out of here. Yeah. Our customer base tends to be very early adopter and we internally are as well. So like the second that something's even announced, we see this, we, we saw our sales shift from Lightning to USB-C before the iPhone 15 was uh, shipping. For context, historically, when we've had micro USB stuff or USB-C stuff and lightning stuff, we've always been way stronger on lightning and you know, five or seven times more. Wow. And then all of a sudden, earlier this this summer, we saw that our USB-C, we, we launched a product actually, Charge Key. We launched a USB-C and a lightning version and the USB-C version was outselling the Lightning version. That, that would typically never happen. This was before the iPhone 15 debuted. That was just based on rumor and speculation. So our customers are living in that forefront. So like as soon as the EU says it's USB-C time, people just start going to Nomad's website and buying USB-C stuff, basically. It's wild. It's fun. They keep us busy. And that's where we like to play. You know, that's the that's the fun being on that front edge. When you're at the beginning of a new cable era, um, obviously, USB-C has been around for a while, but until the iPhone does it, you know, it doesn't seem to get the recognition yeah. it deserves. But it's it's this future proofing, which is really cool because anything you buy right now, I mean, if I were buying a car right now and it didn't have a USB-C port, I would rethink that car purchase, right? That's a massive purchase. I just would not want to be stuck behind. I mean, I, I honestly personally wouldn't even want it to have a USB-A port, but if it did, I'd, I would be okay with that. That's just like, we're ripping forward through USB-C and it's way better. The car example is really interesting, right? The experience a lot of people have with USB-C up until now-ish maybe is that it's the new charging connector. So they would buy an Android phone, it would come with a cable, maybe even a USB-A to USB-C cable, and that's how they charge their phone. And that might be how they charged everything. But then it also has this huge data functionality that is very complicated. It can also be a Thunderbolt cable, 
you're an accessory maker. How have you been thinking about just communicating what does what to people? Because that seems like the hardest part about USB-C. So we have some materials on our website and some blog information, and and we probably need to do even more to explain what is USB-C. Because to us, we, we get the problem of we're just surrounded by this, and we've been thinking about it for years, and we assume everybody knows. Sometimes we talk about how higher wattage, you know, charging at a faster speed, but sometimes a really helpful piece of communication is, is language surrounding uh, like minutes to charge, uh, you know, 20% in 20 minutes, that might mm. be more relatable or, or 30% in 20 minutes. So, so like, what is the core thing that the person wants and how is it really helping their life? Because what all these numbers mean, I mean, sometimes these numbers and specs are so high and crazy and you can't even use it. The iPhone can only charge at, I think it's only rated for 20. I think it charges closer to 30. And often that's only for for a very short amount of time, right? You're not necessarily getting peak speeds at all times. If you're over 80%, if you're really high up on your phone, you're, you're going to charge slower. So trying to break it down, let people know that sometimes using the like analogies of like, it's like a hose and the size of your hose versus, you know, th- these are terms that the, our engineers here will yeah. explain it when we're debating internally. But um, this makes me think like, I hate buzzwords all the time. And this makes me think we like really need some good buzzwords here. It's like, like Tesla did a good job with superchargers, right? Where there's like, yeah. people now understand that there is like a way to charge your car and then there are superchargers. And those are faster because super is a big, fast word. And now it's like, maybe we need like cables and fast cables and like mega cables. <laughs> and it's like, people will suddenly understand how these things work. We do. In in companies like Nomad, we we try, I mean, we come up with our own little internal buzzwords, often from a marketing standpoint to be like, you know, for example, you know, supercharging capability or something. It's it is kind of nice when when there's actually a standard because then it's like cool. We're we're building to that spec. We'd obviously building to a certain spec, and it can be confusing for the consumer too because there's there's real things that are like from USB, you know, the, the USB system, the USB standard, and there's protocols on that standard, and then there's marketing things that a may be actually helpful because it's like oh, I can make sense of that supercharging. B, it could just be buzzwords, but from a company, but maybe that company is so big that their language confuses you and sounds official when it's actually not. So, so it's wild. Yeah. So that's the the basic challenge of USB-C, right? It can do so many things in so many different permutations that even just talking about it is hard, which <laughs> yeah. is fascinating, right? You've got to market the products. You got to invent new things. You got to tell people what they can do, but the business is built around something that's pretty amorphous, right? Like Nomad makes USB-C accessories. What's your relationship to the standard like? Are you thinking about the next version of how much power can come through a PD cable? Are you saying, okay, here's where the base of iPhone owners is. We got to rush some products to market. Building a company around a standard seems like you need to pay a lot of attention to the standard, but you can't get too far ahead because the market hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah, I think you just brought up a great point mentioning PD. So power delivery was a great example of of kind of a of a standard term or, or threshold wattage, at which point that is considered kind of the standard of fast charging. Challenge is USB-C has been just ripping and roaring forward. So I think it was 20 watts before, maybe it was 18. And so so at this point, charging at that speed could almost be considered kind of slow. So power delivery, which was fast just a couple of years ago. And like in my book, I'd call that like good, you know, solid. So yeah, staying on point with the standards, we absolutely have the problem of chasing the front edge so much. That's where the fun is. That's where the, the excitement is. But it also can be like, 
too far out there for sure. We've we've had that happen. We we actually launched our first USB C product in 2016, I think it was, and I think it came out in 2014. But like that product had a 3,000 milliamp hour integrated battery. It was 12 volt in, so you plug it into the 12 volt, the cigarette lighter thing, and it charged itself up its battery and also had an A and a C out. Everyone was using the A and not the C on it because it was just so early and it was kind of ahead of its time. That was in 2016. So we've been doing this C for a long time. We've been waiting for this moment for a long time. Sometimes it can be really expensive when you're trying to get on that really, really front edge and you might make a product and it's super cool and it's like, do people really need this? And, and to, to need it, they're going to need to pay for it, right? Because some of the stuff that's not at the mass scale yet, it can be substantially more expensive. So it can be finding that sweet spot of the front edge or certainly where things are moving. I came across a really great word the other day called extensibility, extensible. It's a quality of something that's basically future-proofing, right? So the cool thing about USB-C is it's extensible. So they have this, this standard size, it's updating and it's growing, right? You know, 4K, then 8K, and then the high-speed data and this and that. So it's cool that we seem to have come to this standard size that is extensible and it's growing. And it means that for an accessory maker like ourselves, we have a big pool to play in and we have a lot of, we can bring forward ideas, we can adapt, we can update, we can be thinking about power, portable power, data. What if we want an issue where there's not data for security? Sometimes when you're charging in a public environment, maybe you want to ensure that data is not going through. It's exciting and interesting, and it means that there's opportunities and challenges for us to build for it, but it's certainly got so many pros, and we like that. We, we embrace that. We it's, it's annoying as a customer, as a consumer, to have six different cables and you always seem to have the wrong one, those days are kind of over, at least largely improved. I'll give you largely improved. I think over is is hopeful. Like but that's think- what you got to take to the holiday table, David. You got you to gotta be like, Grandma, look, it's largely improved. Do you feel the spirit of Christmas? <laughs> no, it's your point. Like the thing all of that relies on, and I'm curious how you feel about this, is like getting the connector itself right. If we're at a point where it is so sort of future-proof and extensible, like you're talking about, that we won't regret that choice in a decade, a lot of things will change around it. And it like, you know, there will be backwards compatibility stuff, but whatever. But like, do you feel like we got the connector right? Like as somebody who works with it all the time, is it, did we do it correctly? I feel like we did. I've got to say when we started in 2012 with our first product charge card, it was a 30 pin adapter for the iPhone. So that I think they switched in 2012 or 2013. So when we started, it was the 2012 and they shifted to lightning and it was, it was cool. It was good. It was lightning. It was, it was great. What we've seen, there's been kind of these, like, looks like there's kind of a 10 year window. So does this usher in a 10 year window? I think that we're at the beginning of a relatively large window. It's hard to say. I mean, it it makes sense to me that ports would also stay around for charging. But of course, we have the whole component as well of of wireless and Qi and the Qi 2 standard that's coming out. And does Apple want to go portless? Do some devices want to go portless and and drop the port altogether? It nonetheless remaining the port, but with some option of, of wireless. So from what I've seen, from what we've seen, it seems like we should probably have a good 10-year window. These are the types of windows you need for it to be useful because otherwise you're on an airplane and then you're like, gosh, darn it. But aren't we at the end of the 10-year window, right? USB-C hit in what, 2015? 
Yeah, there's one version of it that says we're nine years into a 10-year window. Yeah, that's. I guess it depends on the the level of the adoption. And the, a big impactor is, look, you know, the United States, the iPhone is the leading smartphone. It's a leading smartphone globally. They just took it on this year. I think that's big. That's a big impactor there and should give us a, a decent window. It's hard to say. If they do change, it will be there. There's nobody like telling you about USB D already, right? Like is is this <laughs> no. is this a thing that's that's coming next year that we just don't know about yet? I right, gosh. I not, not hopefully not yet. We, <laughs> okay. we need to give us a little bit of time to, to get the standard rolled out. So let me ask you about Apple, actually. I'm always curious to ask accessory manufacturers this. For the longest time there was lightning, and that was your volume seller, right? You you pointed out like that's where all the volume was. That's where people were buying. And lighting was pretty fixed. Like they rolled it out in 2012 or whatever, and it never changed. It, it was the thing it was for the whole time. And you were able to build, build the business around that. And mostly it was charging. Like there were just not a lot of like cool computer things you could do with a lightning port. I had like a, a, a silly little camera attachment for my iPhone at one point, but like all this stuff fizzled out. Was that because that's how Apple wanted it is because you didn't have the market. I always wonder if that's where all, what all the people were buying was lightning accessories. Why were the only lightning accessories like cables and battery packs? Why weren't there anything else? Yeah, it was a very controlled and, and somewhat conservative market. So MFI is made for iPhone. That's the the Apple sort of guidelines and program that manages it. And uh, it's very clear and very strict guidelines. There's some wiggle room. You could submit exception requests to, to products. We actually had a couple products that had exception requests that had to do largely with the housing that was holding the connector. So we could make we made like a carabiner cable that was really cool. Cool. We made we made a, our key a little charge key short cable. So these were these were not the most you know wild exceptions. They're more like a, in a industrial design exception. But it was a very controlled environment. And then you think about female, right? So when we think of lightning, we tend to think of the male. Uh, you know, these are the connectors that you buy and you integrate them on cables and this and that. Well, I feel like we just need to explain to people exactly. You mean the part that you go into, right? There's the plug and there's the socket. And so when you say female, you mean the socket. The socket. So it was that the very few products had the female lightning on them from Apple on theirs did, right? The iPhone has anything that takes takes a lightning or the battery pack, for example. Lightning was really, generally speaking, was really a, a male program, right? It was really just a little, the connector plug that goes in. When you think of USB-C, it's, it's double universal, right? It, it turns around, it's 360, it, you can turn it on both sides. Lightning did that too, of course. But both ends can go both ways. It's actually one of the things that I'm really excited about is is that um, they've enabled reverse charging. And I know I get in trouble on these things. I say like, you know, the iPhone did this. It's like, yeah, well, the Android did that years ago. I know, I know. It's still, <laughs> yeah. and it's so amazing now in USB-C because it can go both ways. So, you know, you're out at the bar and your phone's dead. You buy someone a beer, you charge your phone from their phone or vice versa. So if you're irresponsible and your battery's dead, you need one of these on these. If you're responsible, you, you need one of these on you so you can charge other people. <laughs> so so there's just cool stuff going on with uh, with USB-C. And th- so there's things like that that never were really part of the lightning thing because it wasn't going both ways. So there's things like that that just make it better and interesting and, again, confusing. Yeah. Right? If we put power in the mix, which way is it going? What's charging what? You know, you need to kind of choose on the phone or does it just go out? If it's to the AirPods, it's just going out. You're not charging the phone from the AirPods. But interesting stuff there. Yeah, well, and even beyond just charging, it seems like one of the things we were amazed by with the iPhone was how 
not locked down its USB-C setup is, you can just plug most things into it. Uh, some of them work, some of them don't, but we were sort of consistently surprised by the number of like computery accessories that suddenly worked with the iPhone. And yeah. I feel like for you, you're now in this position where you can build one set of accessories that works with iPhones, which are, it sounds like the majority of your customers, but also with the whole universe of Android phones, and then also do this gigantic set of things that you've never been able to do before with accessories. Like, has it changed the list of things you feel like you can build just because it is this universal port that theoretically you can plug almost anything into and it'll do something? Absolutely. A, from a technical standpoint, and B, from an, like, now we have the opportunity to do it standpoint. Meaning, now that everyone's together, one of my best friends is a diehard Android user. And when we launched this charge key, he sent me a message. He bought five. And he said, you finally made something for Android. And of course, of course, <laughs> you're I'm like, thinking, sort of. Yeah. Of course, I'm thinking like, dude, we've been making the best cables for USB-C for years. But it's true. We're lar- largely iPhone. So from a customer base standpoint. So, so it's huge for us. And I just say that because we, we're all about building portable power, keeping you charged on the go, keeping you protected on the go with our cases and so forth. But we've, it's always been part of us. And now though, that it's obviously like this cable without question, it's not that there's two models and one sells more than the other. There's one model and it goes to everyone. That's huge for us. I mean, from a, from a research and development standpoint, it means Let's probably invest more into this because we don't have to build two of them or we don't have to make a judgment call. Is there a market for this one? So it's it's incredible from that standpoint. We have a lot of great ideas brewing right now. We have a couple products that are in development that, that are going to be released in 2024 that I think are a little bit ahead of their time, if not early. We're trying to there's a challenge that it poses as well is the Apple Lightning ecosystem was a protected kind of ecosystem, right? You you see products at gas stations, so forth, that were non-MFI, right? But if generally a customer wants to buy something, uh, if you're buying a quality product, that's MFI. So it was a controlled environment. So while there are all these annoying rules and stuff, it was a safe environment. One of the challenges of USB-C is there's less of that, right? So you go to the gas station, how do you know that that $5 cable is good? Well, if you're buying an MFI lightning cable, it costs a lot of money, 20 or $30, but the components are coming through the from the Apple ecosystem. So these are going to be challenges that we face from a what you had mentioned earlier about the standard in marketing and these key terms and buzzwords. But the, these are going to be challenges that we face. And so from, from our side, that's I can already see that, that there's going to be a little bit of a, some fun coming to, together. And, and hopefully some things do prevail, some, some solid standards and, and so forth, so we can give clarity to customers and what they're buying and, and what they can expect from the products. With all that extra you know, resource available for research and development, do you, do you see more and different kinds of USB-C accessories coming out now? Yeah, great question. I mean, having a cable on you at all times becomes more important than ever before. So, so p- perhaps portable cables, portability could be could be more important, especially as there's this universality. It's like there's way more reasons for why you would need it. Before, do you want to bring a cable with you? You might use it for one use case, then you need another cable for another use case. That that's kind of annoying. So, so I think we're gonna see more things like that, more more portable cables, and perhaps just. So maybe some higher quality cables where you're investing in a strong, because, you know, before you're so annoyed, you know, you've already bought 20 cables. You have a drawer in your desk <laughs> filled with random cables. You know, you don't, the last thing you want to do is spend $30 on a cable. And now it's like, Hey, 
do the research. There's a really incredible high-speed data cable. I think it's the Thunderbolt one from from Apple out there, 240 watts, yeah. this and that. Just It's nice to know that that's going to be around for a while and it's going to have so much universality and, and usefulness. So it could be worth investing. We, we have Kevlar in our cables. You know, that's coming from DuPont. Light, it's a licensed thing. It's like the real deal. So our cables aren't cheap, but they're really well made. We have metal tips to them. So I can understand why someone would be annoyed a few years ago and they just want to buy the cheapest cable possible because, A, it might break on them. B, the standards are changing. C, they need to have five different cables. But now with one, you can be a little more thoughtful about it. Yeah. Do you think I was going to ask you about the Kevlar cables because you were you were early to the idea of what I would call a ludicrously fancy <laughs> charging cable like the, the Kevlar stuff you started doing like in 2019, I think. Right. That's which is like ancient history in the charging cable universe. But I think the idea that you should eventually carry the one sort of the cable that charges the hardest thing you have to charge and then kind of scales down to everything else. Like that seems like where we have to get in this crazy world of charging that we're going to get into that you either carry a bunch of different USB-C cables or you carry like the one like the epic (laughs) cable. God cable. Right, the God cable. It's Christmas. It arrives in a virgin birth. (laughs) Yeah. I'm trying to make the Christmas jokes as much as I can. (laughs) (laughs) So just the universal best cable. We're calling it the God cable. It is now officially known as the God 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 cable. cable. Like, is the God cable going to be a thing? Well, I guess the God cable is kind of... (laughs) We already made it a thing. It happened already. This is great. The USB-C cable. And I mean, I would argue, I can't, I can't, I love this product. It's the best cable is the one you have on you. So I love our chart, our charge key because the best cable is with you when you need it. But isn't that the problem with USB-C is that that's not necessarily true anymore? Yeah. Well, how fast is a charge key? You love it. It's great. I mean, I understand why you like it. Can it charge my MacBook at 100 watts? Ours, right, this version right here will just charge up to 60 watts, but we're probably going to increase the speed to go 100. The MacBook Air tops out at, I think, 35 watts. So 60 alone, you're charging really, really high speed. I got to run these M1 Ultras, dog. (laughs) We're we're coming. We're coming for it. So there's something else happening there. You mentioned it before, which is MagSafe, G2. Just to make this stuff, there's a whole bunch of really hardcore engineering, probably for you, a bunch of supplier deals, right? The the bleeding edge of USB power is all in GAN and getting supply of GAN chips in Qi2. I'm sure that the supplier base of people actually making Qi2 stuff is pretty limited right now. Let's start with GAN. That's what you need to have in order to build the most powerful USB-C stuff. How does that market work? Are you in it? Do you have exclusives? Do you have to fight off other vendors? Yeah, so GAM, gallium nitride, is the kind of the high-speed, dense, sort of compact, high-speed standard, I guess, I guess you could say. When you're doing these things at first, earlier on, it's going to be more expensive. So back to your point on the supply chain and the suppliers and contract manufacturers, they're pretty on this stuff. So we're usually one of the early companies to be excited and be pushing the boundaries of those things. And for GAN, that was uh, that was a couple of years ago where it was more really on the forefront. It's certainly become the kind of premium commodity tech, let's say, because there's still plenty of stuff out there that that's not, and, and it, it's going to be it's going to be less expensive. It's going to be bulkier. And when you think about costs as well in supply chain, there's the cost of freight and air freight and shipping. So it depends. What's the thing you want to build that you can't now, but the next rev of GAN would let you build? Well, I would love to go even really compact so we could have the AC to C integrated, right? So AC 120 volt in or or up to 44, whatever for Europe, other places, AC to C 
extremely compact, extremely compact. So hyper compact. So it's so small. It, it fits on your keychain. It's, and it's smaller than a, than a key fob. So it's kind of like game over with this. You can charge. You just have a wall plug on your keychain, but it's so tiny that it's elegant, right? We don't want to be carrying around a funky brick with us. I love this answer. This is completely not what I was expecting. I love really, yeah, like, I'm, I would a buy straight yeah. one ten plug on a keychain is what you're after. You're like, where's my two hundred like crazy charger thing? Yeah, I was like two hundred thousand watts. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> like, like you can plug a Tesla into a USB C. Like, <laughs> and you're like, here's what I want, like a wall plug. Like, but that's actually really interesting to think about it. That if that's what you can stretch out to, we're kind of just back to. Having power cables. Yeah. <laughs> right? Only this is a power cable that has intelligence in it to self-negotiate a rate. Like, we are just back to power cables. Is that... Like, I, I don't know. I bought a power strip for $7 yesterday. It's a real thing that happened. And I did not think... I mean, maybe you should not buy one that you're going to run too many amps on. But, like, most people do not think about a power strip. They're like, I'm going to buy a power strip. It's going to have six plugs in it. Hopefully, I can fit all my wall warts on it. And that's how I'm going to evaluate this power strip. And you don't think about charging speeds or delivery with USB, you have to, and yet USB-C is going to become the power cable for the world. Are we going to get to a place where we can, we can just stop thinking about it that way because you're going to integrate a regular power plug on the end and it'll just negotiate it intelligently. Like, how is that going to play out? Yo, well, you've got me thinking to, to your previous question as well as I'm just really hopeful that it becomes as universal as it can become. I'm just thinking about all the p- products that we have that don't use USB-C, but do use their own AC to DC wall wart thing. And you're plugging in with a barrel connector. It's called the little circular plug. And think of your your Dyson vacuum cleaner, your, you know, any it's certain mini household products, et cetera. So we still have so many products out there that are using all their weird little power systems. And then if you lose the thing, you don't know I have a charge. I have a little air pump, like mattress air inflator thing. And I can't remember where I put that barrel plug. And I like don't buy things if they don't have USB-C, if they could have USB-C. I've been waiting for years to get a USB-C electric shaver. So there's all these household items and all these things that I'm excited for it to it to come to it. And as that happens, like back to your point on uh, what's your like dream build, I guess like, I don't know, maybe as well, again, really boring answer, but building the cables that can supply the wattage for these household appliances and devices that might take a higher wattage to charge because I don't want to have still, when, when you look at even though USB-C has become universal for all of our portable electronics and so forth, it's not quite universal on household appliances and all these other things that are um, running on DC anyways and probably should go USB-C. And sometimes the, the the supply chain there can be slow to change. I'm sure we all have had the experience where you bought something and you're like, wait, it's still using that cable? Yeah. You know, I'm using a mic. Granted, it's an older one right now. And it has a mini USB on it. And it's really high quality mic. It's from, it's from years ago. But even when I got it, it was we- when we got it, it was weird that it had the mini on it. So so sometimes things can take a while in the deep supply chain. You might go into REI to buy a, a light, a camping light, and it might still have micro. And I'm at a point where I'm not buying that. Like, I, I'm going to, unless it's the only one of its kind, it's just, it's got to be USB-C. One of the things I've been wondering is as we get to that universality, like the, the sort of addressable market of everything USB-C goes up in a really big way now that it's kind of universal and available to everybody. Like everybody's just going to have USB-C stuff. And part of what that makes me wonder is if like you're talking about these sort of super niche accessories, 
can start to come back, right? Like I feel like, especially in the electronic space, you can spend an outrageous amount of money on like a really fancy case for your iPhone. And that's about it. And I now wonder if like, if Neelai is going to be able to get his ultra fancy, many thousands of dollars, multi-device charger, because there aren't tons of people in the world who would buy that, but there's just enough. And now they all can (laughs) because it's USB-C. And I wonder like, are we going to, all of the stuff that's been out there until now has been sort of mainstream on purpose because you have to be in order to sort of be accessible to people who would buy this thing. But now I wonder the market is just so much bigger. If it's just going to get much weirder and nichier and fancier and more luxurious and Part of that is it's really exciting to me that we're going to get to like the speaker market, right? Where it's like you can buy the $20 speakers everybody has, but you can also spend 50 grand on a pair of speakers if you really want to. And there's just enough people in the world for that, that it works. And like, I wonder if we're going to get there with some of these accessories too. I kind of hope so. I hope so. I imagine it's coming. I was just chatting the other day with our supply chain director, a guy named Darren, total audiophile and spends a good chunk of his paycheck going into these really nice speakers. I'm with you, Dan. Let's (laughs) hang. Let's hang, buddy. And he was buying Monitor, British company, and just really beautiful work that they do on their on the, the the metals and the housings and in the industrial design, just kind of kind of in that really upper level category. My my left, rights, and centers are monitored. I'm with you, Darren. We we vibe, baby. <laughs> you guys would love it. Um, and he um, it, was, it was just funny looking at it, and he was getting all excited about these details. And I could just imagine so many companies who are in the broader electronics, speaker, consumer space, you know, companies that have been around for a while, have really high standards, build really cool stuff. This is an opportunity for them to go, oh, okay, that that thing finally settled all that BS of all the different cables and this and that. And granted, before the cables, not only were there different standards, they didn't have the capabilities that USB-C has. USB-C has a lot of capabilities. So like I was saying, we just got some new monitors in the office and instead we can now get USB-C cables for them or or USB-C HDMI cables because I'm sort of sick of the whole HDMI thing too. So it's just really cool what, what can happen. And I do think that with more universality, it opens the opportunity for people to take it seriously and for to jump in and to build really cool stuff. I hope that Nomad can continue to be one of those. And I expect we're going to see some high-end competition and it'll help us help keep us sharp. And Neelai, I, I think we're going to, if we don't make it, Granted, we got some cool <laughs> stuff in the works. I think we're going to be seeing stuff like that out there. And we're in, and that's totally up our alley too. So I love it. All right. No, we got to let you go. I got to say in the, in the spirit of the holiday, there's no better place to end this than with some light shit talk about HDMI. <laughs> like that, that's a perfect ending for the Vergecast holiday spectacular. Just throwing it right back at the HDMI people. They were our first spectacular, by the way. Oh my a deeply gosh. political organization, I have to tell you. I thought we were going non-controversial. No, no, no. It's the holidays, <laughs> man. We're lighting this thing on fire. Let's talk politics. Noah, uh, uh, amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Virtual Holiday Spectacular. Thanks, guys. USBC, USBC. How faithful are your transfers? All right, boys and girls, that's it for the Vergecast Holiday Spectacular USB-C edition. We hope you have a happy holiday season. We hope your families are safe. We hope you get a lot of charging cables in your stockings that can go at 240 watts and transfer data at 40 gigabits per second. The Jeezy cable, if you will. (laughs) It's the holidays. We hope you have a happy new year, hold your loved ones tight, throw away their lightning cables, and move to one universal standard 
for serial communications. That's it. That's the Vergecast Holiday Spectacular. Safe travels and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs>